Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. We're going to review Glass Onion for you, and my name is Wayne. My name is Paul Strange, but then for this brand new at time of recording mystery comedy sequel to Knives Out, which Mm -hmm. dropped onto Netflix on December 23rd. It is written and directed by Ryan Johnson, produced by he and Ram Bergman. Stars Daniel Craig reprising his role as, now first question, Wayne. You yep. read it, it says Benoit Blank. Benoit Blank. But he talks like Benoit, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how, it was like, um, it's like Francois, A-N-C-O-I-S-E. So that's like that, that, okay. that Germanic. Benoit French, yeah. Blank. Benoit Blank. There Edward Norton as apparently <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. 139 minutes, so it ain't a short film. It is not. But compared to Avatar 2, Coal on the Way of Water, <laughs> Knives Out, Colon, sorry, Glass Onion, not Colon, and Knives Out Mystery <laughs> is positively flowing oh, in its face. A, a wink in the eye, yes. The budget, Wayne, what do you reckon it was? Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Netflix, on location, many stars. How about 150? $40 oh. million. Dollars. Now, here is my big question, which jumping straight into it. Now, we'll yeah. get to the other bits and pieces in a moment. Netflix acquired the rights to two... Benoit Blank Films mm-hmm. in March 2021 for $469 million. That's how much they paid for the rights to the Glass or to the to make, Knives Out franchise? Yeah. From now, Ryan Johnson. Who makes that money? Does that mean, given the budget for this was $40 million, That can't be right. Does that mean, is that separate and aside? So basically, so far, it's cost $509 million to make this one film for Netflix. Or well, does that include the budget? In which case, Ryan Johnson and his agent and his company and his shell companies or whatever else are making out like bandits. I'm fascinated by oh, this. The, okay, so in my limited experience of this type of entertainment accounting, when you say that I paid this amount for the rights, that is not inclusive of production. Right. So Because that is actually Ryan like- Johnson is being paid for over four years. But in this film, if they did in March 2021, unless they were already in production, over 18 months, he's basically been paid somewhere in the order of $230 million. Yeah. Because he, Holy fucking because shit. Because he wrote it, yeah? Yeah. So that means he wrote the entire franchise. Yeah. yeah. It's, all, then, it's all his baby. It's all his IP. Well, I hear a story that because they had this limited release, this cinematic release yeah, made before. made $15 million of that, by the way. Which apparently is like they didn't expect it to even do that. And they did that in one week, I believe. I know. Because if it had come out here, I would have gone to see it in the cinemas. I'll yeah. tell you straight up. All right, well, let's hear what the film is about, Wayne. Tell us. Okay. Silicon Valley poster boy Miles is in the habit of hosting bizarre parties for his oldest friends every year. And uh, during the film setting at the height of the pandemic, Miles has decided to invite these same pals who have all benefited from his wealth in the past to his private Greek estate to play a murder mystery game. And this explains the decision, ostensibly, to invite the great gentleman of leisure and deduction, Benoit Blanc. And shit goes down from there. <laughs> yeah. And obviously we'll be very, very vague for spoilers through this first part of the review. Because it is spoilery, the film. Very much so. Like this is, It's a murder mystery with strong comedic undertones. Big time. So, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about the plot without giving too much more than that away. So Absolutely. We're going to steer clear of all the, the curves and the curveballs and all the rest of it that comes through. In terms of a reception then, this seems to be doing fabulously well on Letterboxd, where I put posted my review earlier today, four out of five, which is a, a sign of a huge film. Mm. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has 94% approval rating out of 309 critics with an average score of 8 out of 10. And on Metacritic, slightly worse, as always, almost 81 out of 100 based on 60 critics, indicating Still universal good, acclaim. Yeah, Nothing from CineScore, obviously, because yeah, Netflix. it's been nominated for a lot of awards 
and I'll be interested to see. Has it? Yeah, on various circuits, not the big things, not the Golden Globes, not mm. the Academy Awards at least at this stage. But yeah, I'd be very surprised if that that were the case. But anyway, Wayne, what did you think of Glass Onion Colon a Knives Out <laughs> Mystery? First of all, way better than the first one. Ooh, now I was about to say, my <laughs> recollection is. I like the first one more than you did. Yes, because... Which surprises me. No, it does, because it held all those people. Trust me, I, I, again, expectations. When I saw yes. the first one, I was like, this is going to be the best fucking film. Because who the fuck does whodunits anymore? This guy. But at the time, I the last whodunit I saw was that fucking Orient Express shit or whatever, right? The, that one, <laughs> right? Orient Express. Yeah, that one, right? Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. So I'm like, all right, so let's do this. And, and there's no doubt that the first one was intelligent and beautifully filmed and this and all that sort of thing. But I found, and I found a little bit with this one as well, with a whodunit, you really want the rug to be pulled under, ah, under you right. yes. at the end. And at the first one, it didn't. I was like, I knew he did it, kind well, of. And that comes back to the expectations thing you were talking about. Because this time around, I wasn't looking for that big, aha, gotcha moment. Right. So my expectations have been tempered. <laughs> Me too. And so I think, therefore, I enjoyed this one more than the first one as well. Absolutely. Because I will say that I don't believe I got any rugs pulled out from under me from this one either. However... I will disagree. No, no. For me. In terms of the ending. No, no, not the Things that happened in between yes, it, exactly. absolutely did not so expect we're them. very vague. Very yes, vaguely, yes. right? So those things that happened. So, so from that point of view, this is already, for me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm enjoying this more. It is longer, and I felt it. Yeah. But I will tell you this. It mm, might be... I was never bored. Uh, no, like, I wouldn't say I was bored either. Unlike Avatar 2. I was no, I wouldn't say bored. I was bored. I was just noticing it. But like, I, I would say this. It might be one of the most beautifully luxurious looking films. Well, given you gave it 150 mil... And it's actually forty mil. Absolutely, I've ever. I, I may have, like when I was looking at, it, I was going, "What's going on?" I don't know if it's how he lit it, how there's a filter or whatever. And the fact is, a sun-kissed, you know, sort of Greek island kind of thing. But I was like, "This is beautiful." Like the actual, the cleanness of the, the crispness of the film. I was, I actively noticed it, and I love how he shoots. To be honest with you, the way he composes composes shots. He moves the camera only once or twice across the table, and it just gives you a little nuance. Really like that. And the actual setting, the set pieces of his island and the house and the glass onion and all that sort of shit, fuck me, it was beautiful. I was saying, this <laughs> okay. reminds me of one of those Asian cinema things which is set in a, in a forbidden city where it's like just gold and shit everywhere. It's just fun. Okay. Except it was way better because it was much more classy because it was like, <laughs> it's more minimalist and not um, Asian. I'm Asian. So, um... <laughs> So Rage. less less red everywhere. You know what I'm saying? No, not so much gold. What? So- no. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said I'm Asian because I've had a race in there just to remind anyone who might be tuning in for the first time. If so, welcome. It's great to have you here. Wayne is. You should see how my parents decorated my house, people. It was not pretty. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it looks amazing. I think it was satisfying enough to have given me enough twists and turns to keep me entertained. And the particular tack they take in this with Benoit Blanc is for the first one, in the, in the first class, um, Lives Out, he was kind of the smartest guy in the room the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know? And he was always like, well, this is happening and I'm going to do this. And he was very in charge of the situation. The way they played it here is that he's bewildered from the start. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And so th- it gives him a bit more room to move and it's not such an uh, omnipotent kind of character. But then, of course, you know, and, and, the, and the way it develops is good. So I liked it. You? Yeah, I also quite enjoyed my time here. And, and surprised, not surprisingly, because I, like I said my expectations were a bit more tempered and I don't have to leave my living room and my couch. and So good, on. isn't it? So good. And, you know, it's the day it comes out. And we're going to review it the next day. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Putting this on. Now, what my wife got 20 minutes in and fell asleep. She hasn't seen the first one. Oh, really? She wasn't entertained at all. She said, I'm going to bed. So, right, off you go. So 
Clearly, mm. doesn't pull everyone in. Maybe you need to throw in with the Benoit thing. I don't know. Yeah, she hated that. his accent, which is, to be fair, something that I still grates a little bit for me. I will, I will agree completely. In the first one, I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but that's not a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same here. So you've just got to roll with that. That's yeah. fine. I think Ryan Johnson is deliberately now, now I've seen it happen twice. He's basically saying, we don't do the aha, I got you moment. We reveal things in this gradual kind of dawning realisation kind of way and yeah. that's the way he rolls. Which is which is fine. Yeah, it's different, but that's fine. Absolutely fine. As you said, the mechanics of the story are what really won me over. Mm. Can't talk about that until we get to spoilers. Yep, and we will. And I think a couple of the performances, they're all they're all good to great. And I think a couple of the great performances, Janelle Monáe is excellent in this movie. Where is she from? I've seen her somewhere. She was in Antebellum. Ah, that's right. Moonlight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I'm thinking, missing something else. Hidden Figures. That's the the other one. Yeah, the other big one she's been in. So, you know, she's a model. She's a a singer. Now she's an actor as well. Yeah, triple threat. Yeah, hats off. And although she still says she uses the pronoun she and her, she identifies as non-binary. Okay. So she's got the kind of very style... Different kind of style. Oh no, which she's makes stylish. Out, yeah. I can and, look at her and go, she's stylish. And even in this film, like they just they dress her really well, and yeah. so she's the be- she's the standout for me. Daniel Craig and everyone else look like they're having fun. I think that really carries through. So yeah. I laughed at this movie. So did I. Five, six, eight, maybe ten times. I chuckled a couple of times, laughed out loud. Dave? So did you laugh at Dave? <laughs> not as much as you would. Have. Okay. I was like, ah, by the third or fourth his appearance, I'm just like, oh look, it's just creating a ridiculous. Oh red come hair on, right it here. was fun. It's dumb as fuck. <laughs> Didn't need to be there at all, apart from the first. I know, gag. but that's why it was good because you're sitting there the whole. You, no, the, well, the, 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 very, very, the very, 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 very first gag. He was like, "We're absolutely alone on this island." He walks past. Hey, hey man. <laughs> that's Dave. Don't worry about him. He's yeah, not part of this. Not part of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it made me laugh out loud. But of course, as a viewer, it makes you think: Is there another suspect? Well, that's right, and that's that's all it exists to be. Sure, but and, oh, it would piss me off if that was the case. But anyway, um, so yeah, I dug this film, and again, the real reasons I, I really liked it will be revealed in spoilers. I didn't think it was quite as well filmed as you did. There's a couple really? of nice shots. In fact, the best shot of the whole film, he comes back to you three times. I'm like, uh-huh, I got it. I really like that shot, Ryan. Can we just... Oh, okay. Yeah, can we... You, you're really hammering it home here a little bit. So it's a little bit on the nose, I thought. Okay. See, but I'm splitting hairs here to try mm. to find some things to be critical about. I enjoyed this film. If you like the first film, you'll love this one. Although I have read a couple of reviews saying it's not as good as the first one. I, I disagree. And primarily because the expectations have been lowered to an appropriate level. Even though I'll probably end up giving the, the same star rating. If I was to go back and watch either one again, definitely watch this one first. Well, I think the thing for me, it's a grander affair than the first one, so it's more spectacular. Hence, more sort of there's more to watch for me. I sure. was surprised with Ed Norton. Like you hear about this guy, and it's like I wonder why anyone works with him again. He's, he's you know he's notoriously supposedly difficult on set, but he seemed to be having a good time here too. You have to assume, given the lack of Ed Norton we've had in the last fifteen years, that he's tempered with age. His rage and his whatever else. So now that when he gets a gig, he's like, eh, okay. You have to assume. If it was still the same, I'm taking over, it's my way or the highway type thing, no one would hire him. Well, uh, just on a side note, Billy Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. apparently there's this well known thing. Harold Ramis said it, all these people who have directed him said that he's a team player until something like day sort of like 30 of shooting. And then he knows you've got too much film to replace him, and then he becomes a cunt, and he's a real. Apparently, he's like that, and he does it with every single. That thing. worries me. I know, and um, on on one hand, it's like what, what worries me is the wrong word. That disappoints me. It disappoints me, but I, I, um, this one guy, this uh, this uh, sort of waiter at a, at a function, uh, tells an account where he, Billy Bob Thornton came up to him during all this star-studded room of 
famous people. And he goes, God, I hate famous people. They're idiots. How are you doing? And he just talked to him all night and didn't talk to anyone else and walked out. So on that level, great. But he does sound like a bit of a cunt, <laughs> you know what I mean? In terms of professionally. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, you know, back to this. Yeah, you're right. Hopefully, both of them have, have smoothed out. But let's keep getting work. Keep getting work. Yeah. Look, and that probably segues nice into one other thing we can talk about non-spoilers, which is this is less a shot at high living classism if we can call mm-hmm. that from the mm-hmm. first one and more about the narcissism of of rich people yeah. so it's more about individual. So, certainly and, and for like, him. I, I giggled when i saw that article about well this edward norton meant to be elon musk i, t- I didn't get th- that I, did. I didn't get that from him <laughs> I, I thought I, it was a rich car at the time i wasn't wasn't like oh they're having a particular shot but in retrospect once i saw that I'm like, yeah i can see how that fits yeah i mean look he's the closest guy right now to pointing at that but We'll talk about Elon Musk later. <laughs> In the proper episode. In the proper episode, yeah, yeah. For sure. All right, well, look, anything else you want to say non-spoilery about this one? No, um, I'm, uh, I'm interested now to get into the nitty-gritty of what happened in the plot and spoiler yeah. it up. And that's what we're going to do on the other side of Jack. You can't handle the truth! And the truth is that uh, Benoit was a bit more with it than we thought the whole way through the first that's half That's the best the thing about this, mm. this thing here, okay? So, again, spoilers, we just said it, but you are led to believe in the first act or first half of the film pretty much that, oh, Benoit basically doesn't even know what he's doing here. He doesn't know why he got the invitation to the island. And by the way, I should mention, that invitation with the box and the puzzles, mm. I found that immensely cool. I was like, ooh, little click here and then you it do was, that. And, you you know, know. I, I threw my wife under the bus before and said she walked, walked out and went to bed. The first 15, 20 minutes, it's deliberately confusing. Yes. You're not meant to know where you stand, and putting you in Benoit's yes. shoes, that he's kind of like, "Oh, what am I? What? What's this? Okay, well, I'll go. What the hell? You know?" So you're very much like, "Huh?" It's all in the end. It's all explained, explained really well when it does this Rashomon style jump to a different perspective, which I, which is always dangerous when you say, "Oh, big flashback. Oh, big this." Ooh, that. It's a flashback, but it's also it's adding context to everything you saw in the first part. And and look, it's well constructed in that. For example, as as one easy one, when Benoit is following Dave Bautista's toxic masculinity social influencer mm-hmm. and he's watching his his girlfriend fuck Edward Norton mm-hmm. and you hear snap at all and then Benoit sticks his yeah, head out actually turns nice out no it wasn't him at all it was Janelle Monae's mm-hmm. character who's not even Cassandra it's her twin sister exactly I can't remember her name Helen maybe yep that because the real murder if you want to call it that took place before the film even ha- opened yep and they're now following that's exactly up. what. It, the, right. The, really, really great. Really complex to- storytelling. Yep. Really, um, like suckering the audience in, and then t- there's your rug being pulled. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. That right? moment, Happens and also the- that she's killed. So you watch that whole second act, if you want to call it that, getting more and more attached to this character because she's one of us. She's a yes. normal human being. She's not one of these rich fucks. She calls them shitheads. She has contempt for them. Mm-hmm. To some degree, it sounds like she had a bit of contempt for her sister as well. Yeah, up yeah. until she got shafted by yeah, not to the extent which you would enjoy her murder no yes. no no she was very upset about it. that's yeah. why she came to Benoit which is amusing to me that the world's foremost detective people can just walk up and knock on his door and Hugh Grant as his partner will answer the door now let's talk about <laughs> this for a second is that his partner or is that his roomie I'll tell you why because he goes because then she walks up and Hugh Grant which was a great like oh Hugh Grant you know yeah. like I like that but, good little cameo bunch yeah. of cameos in this we should probably talk a bit more about that yes yeah, true and then he goes now you ostensibly that looks like his partner because they're living together right and he's wearing and, an apron. Exactly. Very <laughs> okay. domesticized. But then he goes, Blanc! Like this. You don't call your partner by their last name. Well, I don't know. Unless it's a cool thing that, that dudes do. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I saw something like... I, I'd rather call him Blanc than Benoit. No, I... Because where's your balls? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, <laughs> but, like, his... Um, 
Look, I want him to be gay. I think that's much cooler. Right? But Look, <laughs> he dresses with a certain panache and style, which I would suggest is is yeah. I s- okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I, mean, I, I like it more that he's gay. There's that's nothing just... to to suggest he's not gay. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot more to suggest that he's. So that's true. Let's just roll with that. All right. So that was a good little cameo. Speaking mm-hmm. of the cameos, then the the person who did the voice of the of the bell, which went every hour. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Is it? I didn't know that. Or the blah, whatever yeah, it is. That's fucking hilarious. That, I was listening to that going, what the fuck is that? That's hilarious. Because <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah. Who would want that chime every hour? Exactly. And then, of course, we had the the bathroom game of Among Us, where he's in the bathtub. What? So Angela Lansbury, I saw. Angela Lansbury, obviously, rest in peace. Who are the other folks? One was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Was that the black guy? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, well, there you go. One was Natasha Leone. From yeah, yeah. Russian doll. Yeah, yep. And the other one is someone else who died. I'm not familiar with overly Stephen something or other. So but the fact that Angela Lansbury was there, I thought, oh, are these all detectives? Well, Do you know what I mean? Like, interestingly enough, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar co-wrote the fourth season of Veronica Mars. Did he? Yeah. Wow. I'm not, not sure. What, I mean, Natasha Leone, I think she co-wrote a lot of or co-produced the Russian doll. Russian and doll, kind of yeah. mystery and stuff like that. So Maybe it's like a, a gang of producers or something. Anyway, mm. there was that bit. And then Ethan Hawke pops up for one scene with a mystery COVID cure. Big surprise, that one. Yeah, big oh, surprise. I expected him to be like a Pete Pothelswaite in The Usual Suspects, come back and be like his right Yeah, you're right. Name. He never comes he back, never comes he? back. That's right. And his name in the credits is The Efficient Man. <laughs> <laughs> Open your mouth, please. <laughs> Just to get back to the, the, the rug. The fact that you, at, uh, at the beginning of the film, are uh, given all these moments where he has a chat with the girl and then he talks with Edward Norton and then, you know, that sort of thing. And then you revisit it later and you and see what really happened. It, yeah, and there's no way to know that because this is not a film where you could have picked up the clues. Now, maybe, I think, I read this, I didn't go back and check, but the moment that Edward Norton, I can't remember his name, yeah. hands Dave Bautista's character the glass, that is in the original scene. I actually noticed it first time. He did, okay. Because he comes out and I say, like, yeah, he didn't pick up that glass. Yeah. He picked up the other glass. Other than that, though, all the other bits and pieces, you can't have known because it cuts away. You can't have known that, that yeah. Helen was out there with Benoit following Dave Bautista. Especially since they There's introduced no each other. They hey, how are you? And then yeah. you find later on that they were doing it as and an And when she says, hey, your, your tire's blowing. He's like, well, thank you very much. He gets down to, yeah. to tie his shoelace. And then they chat. That's they cut right. away from exactly. it again. So there's no way. But that's it. quite well done because you don't suspect it the no. first time. No. So that's why it's good. But it would be fun to rewatch. And that's what I'm saying. I think this film's got a lot more rewatchability. Agree. To go back and watch that first hour or so again, knowing what you now know. Yeah, I think so as well. I'm not sure if Ryan's his own cinematographer or not, but like I don't the, believe so. Yeah, well, the way those shots were composed are so good, though. Like even when um, the, and that was a big surprise when she gets shot, right? Um, oh, massively! Andy, I'm like, oh, Andy shit. Helen gets shot for a moment. I thought, oh, hang on, we're gonna do this whole everyone gets picked off one by one thing. I mean, like, Paul oh, fucking I was, came in his pants. I, I was I a little bit like, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the thing, though, right? When when she gets shot, Benoit's crying, right? And you're like, and then you seem to, in the flashback, go, oh, I see why, because yes. he's the guy who brought her there. Yeah. So he's really he feels cool. responsible. But then, like, she turns out that the book saved her. So then he uses the chili to make him cry. Yeah. Like, oh, layers, layers, layers. You know a, what I mean? That was a great shot of when, before we go to the flashback, the pan around at his ang- him in the foreground over top of uh, all the people all appearing, reveal. Yeah. and they, and all of them could have fired it because yep. they were none of them were actually yep. pictured. That was so. That's what I'm talking about. That kind of shooting where it's but like my favorite shot was the actual slow mo shot of her being shot, and then the zoom back towards the broken glass that the, the shot came. Yeah, through. that was. The, it's again, this is beautifully showed, made. They it three times. <laughs> so, is that the one? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. Um, but it was really really cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things like. Uh, you think to yourself, well, at the end when sort of it said, okay, well, Edward Norton, we're all fucking going to shit on you. And this well, and that, that was the thing. 
all the way through the film, even before we got there, I'm like, well, because I didn't know who died. Hmm. So when Dave Bautista dies, I'm like, okay, my obvious guess that is... That I didn't expect. Well, once someone died, and it wasn't Edward Norton, because yeah, like, we thought that's what was going to happen. It's either right? him or it's someone else. And if it's someone else, it's going to be him. He's going to be the murderer. Yeah. So it just that was my natural assumption. The film, again, reveals itself to just be that way. But the way it goes about doing it gives so much more substance, I think, to the mystery than what we got in Knives Out. Absolutely, and that's why, because it's ambiguous. So, for example, when Dave Bautista's phone blows up and he's like, oh, and it sounds like, look at my fucking channel, yes. let's talk about this. But it turns out he's like, oh, you actually killed fucking Andy, uh-huh. and I don't know who this girl is. Mm-hmm. Can we now talk about me going on your platform? Yep. And he's so, Ed Norton is like, absolutely, man. Like He doesn't yeah. give it away. So then it's like, okay, and then boom, he goes away, right? Now, it was a bit convenient that pineapple juice and it was right there and that sort of thing. So sure. it seems like it was unplanned. However, and I was thinking to myself as well, at the end when it turns out that Ed Norton's in the shit, he could have just pulled that gun somewhere and shot her and then killed everyone. But then, of course, the police were already coming, so maybe not. So uh, it's not, look, essentially, it's fucking great. I actually really, really like the show. I'm not sure how I felt that the Mona Lisa sort of element and what... I, I loved that eh. because um, the... I mean, it made for that great shot of her running for the, the kill switch. And then the fucking Nat King called him, Mona Lisa. Yeah. And like, that's fucking great. All of that was wicked. And I forgot about the kill switch until she reached for Oh, that's right, he's got a kill switch! Yep. Right? And I was like, this is wicked. So the Mona Lisa thing was really cool, though, because just like them appreciating it and watching it and seeing the, the, the you know, the, the fucking fail-safes or whatever was just kind of cool. Well, it's not knocking on it. I'm just like, eh, okay, that didn't affect me the same way. Maybe. It was so you could say the thing about that I want to be said in the same breath yes. as Mona Lisa, all right? So that's yeah, what And that now he will about. be. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's that, was, that was a good line. Yeah, and it also gives him impetus to get pissed at the end and say, hey, you achieved nothing. It's like, dude, your fucking technology just took out the most famous painting in the... You're fucking... You're done, all right? Yep. So that's what it was there for. So... How do you know. feel about that? The fact that he survives and, okay, he's probably... I mean, would he, would he go to jail? I mean, they, I guess, imply that the rest of them now, the Kate Hudsons, are going to dob him in. Well, I think... But they're so wishy-washy, they could easily change their mind again fucking five, ten minutes later. Yes. So I believe this would be Trumpy in its execution in that he would just have lawyers tie people up for another 20 years mm. and then nothing really happens. Um, he would Might be out- more about that guy again too today. Yes. <laughs> He'll be out a few bucks with that Mona Lisa getting <laughs> turned up. But I think the implication is that he can easily afford it. Um, I don't know about easily... What would the Mona Lisa be worth? I think it's. I don't think it's. It's priceless, calculable. Right? Yeah, it's priceless. Yeah, so I think he's fucked. It's a, right? master, that, it's a Mastercard ad. Yeah, but he, <laughs> that would be insured. So I don't know that he'd be out the the full amount. Shall we? Yeah, say. But, but he, without them knowing, had the kill switch installed. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't validate the policy if I was the nah. insurance company. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> what a dickhead having a fucking override installed. Yep. Um, yeah, but okay. that's his hubris. That's that's again the. the the absolute narcissism of the absolute rich, and this whole disruption theory was also interesting. And it's in its place. I, what I really liked, I guess, mm. like we should mention this, yeah. is how a Benoit works out his murder mystery night party in like ten seconds. Ten seconds. That do was I, good. Do I win an iPad? <laughs> that was funny. And then he gives him a fucking iPad. <laughs> oh, he throws it at him. That was, yeah, threw that it was at funny. Him. But that then funny. when he's presenting, and you think he's just stalling for time, initially he is, then it all clicks into place for him. He's like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot, and here's how. Yeah. And you, you stole killing her from me. Yeah. From my, I, I, that was a really good That scene. was really cool. And I'll tell you something else that was funny. I was watching this his way through. In case anyone doesn't know this, this was actually spoiled or to- said by Ryan, what's his name? Johnson. Johnson himself in a previous show. Speaking of iPads, if... You are a evil character in a movie. You cannot have an iPhone. You have to have an Android. That is an Apple stipulation. 
Yeah, you, I remember you saying that. Yeah. So everyone in this thing has got a fucking Google phone. It's got uh, a Pixel or something, right? None of them's got an iPhone. But then he gives him an iPad. Yes. Benoit gets an iPad. But initially, Edward Norton had it. I know. But I think that was more because of the gag of I won an iPad. And uh, yeah, I wonder if that violates. I guess it doesn't because well, Apple, Apple would have sued. Yes, it's not an iPhone. You see, it's an iPad. So I don't give a shit about. Oh, iPads. I don't know. Apparently, iPads are attached to fucking. Well, villains. the thing is, uh, Ed Norton doesn't actually use an iPad. He, he throws one at someone. Still, he had it. He owned it. Absolutely, but it's not an iPhone. <laughs> apparently, the iPhone is the issue. Only only good people use iPhones. <laughs> Which is bullshit because I've got one. So. <laughs> <laughs> So. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> too easy. Too easy. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about? No, that's it. I like this show. Glass onion. What, what are you going to score at? And will we hear about it, Wayne? Are you prepared to go this far? Will we hear about it in your top 10 of the year? You know, I never think about that until it happens. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly you have another insight to why we are not the number one show in the world. <laughs> no, it's, it's pure fancy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not, that doesn't affect number one, trust me. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, let me see. Hmm. How about this is a good looking film? Why am I so stingy? Why am I Popozula? <laughs> let's go with <laughs> uh, let's go with seventy nine. Hot damn! Give it a seventy four. There you go. My score. So we're pretty close to each other on that particular mark. So there you are. Apparently, the stinginess once again triumphs. <laughs> Wayne was going to give it seventy four, but then he put in the poll factor, and now it's seventy nine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, the poll factor brought it from eighty two down to seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what did you think of Glass Onion? Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? You can let us know via email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at the Countdown PC. you can like and follow the show through Podbean, where we host, and check out our Facebook community where all conversations about the show take place. The link is in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great new year. Hell yeah. As we head into 2023 and coming up on the eighth year of, well, the ninth year starting of the yeah. Countdown. Eight years we'll get in there. It's been an absolute pleasure. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. Vindication! Ryan Johnson, upon hearing that Wayne liked this one after not liking Knives Out I'm that sure much. I'm sure he was very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you next time. See you.